0: Hi Chris, how are you? Good evening Rod, yes all is well. Back in the shed this week, no locations.
1: No traffic noises or 5G this week. No random car parks. i got to say, I have had a little bit of feedback from a couple of listeners and nobody really noticed anything. The odd hoot, but I have been told that we sounded as good as usual.
0: I thought it sounded surprisingly good. I did take my mic with me. I was running on battery power, I was in a car and there was annoyingly, I parked in the wrong place in the car park, I think, where there was lots of traffic, which I didn't really think about. I was thinking, let's get good space where somebody won't ding my car. What I should have done was think, let's get space where somebody won't ding my car and it's quieter. But there you go. I've learned for next time.
1: I think it sounded good. Like I say, I think there was a couple of horns hooting. But other than that, we managed to cut most of the noise out and you did a good job in deadening the noises anyway. You didn't look terribly comfortable in your car, i got to say. But other than that, it sounded good.
0: The car's quite comfy, but yeah, to position yourself and a microphone that you've got balanced and an iPad you've got balanced was interesting. Uh, again, I should have probably thought a
1: bit more about it. Maybe I should just sat in the back next time. Oh, well, we'll see what happens next time anyway. But a successful experiment, I think we could say.
0: Yeah, definitely. We live and we learn. So here we are, episode 40.
1: Episode forty for the twenty fifth of October two thousand twenty two. The year is marching on, and Apple has given us some gifts today.
0: Yes, and largely free gifts, which are the best gifts, are they not?
1: Well, it definitely helps as long as it makes things better. I, I, I might have my sort of initial impressions on stage manager later, and of course, we just missed the release of new iPads last week. Oh
0: yeah, I'll, I'll time him. Sorry about that. It was all my fault because I was on holiday.
1: Never mind. We can talk about it now. Now the dust has settled a bit, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Should we dive into some follow up?
0: Yeah, let's do it. First up is me. I commented on the Playgrounds beta. I was really disappointed with it. But since then, I've actually played with it a bit whilst I was on holiday. And actually, they've done a little bit more to it than I gave them credit for. They've improved how the tabs work. It just feels like it's got more polished. You can customize the toolbar. They've made a bit more, a lot more visual, I guess is the right word. And I like the direction they're going in. So it's not a major update, but it's great it's been updated. I am still disappointed it didn't come out earlier in the beta cycle. But it is what it is, but it looks pretty solid to me.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. I can honestly say I haven't tried it. I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit and I sort of speculated if, you know, they'd taken the foot off the gas with it a little bit just because they were expecting people to develop on Macs rather than iPads. But if there is a bit more in there than you'd thought, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's good. And again, free update, you can't really complain.
1: No, you can't complain. Fair enough.
0: What's next then? I just thought I'd give a small bit of follow-up. So I traveled on an airplane, went to an airport, had two children with me. They don't have their own devices at the moment. So I just thought I'd give a tiny bit of update on, uh, on what we did so we took one iPad and my wife and I took both our phones and our Apple watches so quite quite a simple setup took, took a few charges nothing major there but on the iPad I do have a USB-C to 3.5 mil stereo jack splitter. and we had some spare headphones so my children watched a film on the airplane sharing a splitter and so they could watch the same film together and that's all we really had them do on the on the screens we didn't really use screens the whole time we were there which was quite nice no films in the evening or anything and it worked really well so usb stereo jack splitter actually worked quite well so that was all i was going to say on that and then on the iphone i had to use battery power saving mode the whole time because i don't know what is going on with this 12 no sorry 14 pro but the batteries are awful in it so I, every day i just get up and put it on power saving mode i'm worried i'm going to live on power saving mode for the whole duration of owning
1: this phone if i'm honest. That's really not a good look. I mean, my battery is worse, as we've talked about before, but I wouldn't say it was that much worse. You're making me worried now, because you were on the 16.1 beta on Cycle on that, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was. And look, my phone's on 43%. It's 7 o'clock at night. I've used it since half eight this morning. It, I've got more, I've got what they call range anxiety with my phone, I think. So I don't know why I'm just super cheesed off. I have used it a bit today for for, for Teams phone calls. But equally, I've had it charging. And the, the the top thing coming up in the battery app is Teams background activity at 20% of draining my battery. Hmm. So there you go.
1: Not great. I mean, my, just to give a comparison, which is last year's phone, it's the 13 Pro, the big one, the Max. I charged it till it was full to about 8 o'clock this morning. I haven't charged it since. I'm on 63%. I've installed the update that's come out today. So, you know, and it's been busy today, you know, doing a lot of Slack and stuff like that too. So probably similar-ish usage and you're seeing a bit of a difference.
0: Yeah, and I use the phone all the time. I use it a lot. So I can't fault that, but I have noticed the battery. Very, I don't know if it's iOS 16 and I don't know if it's the new iPhone, but i just felt the battery, which has been more painful than I've ever seen.
1: It's a smaller battery. Is it a smaller battery than on your last phone? Yes. Yeah, so that might be a slight factor in it as well.
0: It is. I don't miss the phone size, though. Love it. Love the smaller phone, but would like a bigger battery. I'm even debating whether I get one of those MagSafe
1: thingy-majigs. I think you're looking for an excuse for those MagSafe things. You talk about it every week. Yeah, possibly. I just like a new gadget. (laughs) Fair enough. If you want to get it, get it. I'm just
0: loading up Amazon.
1: So, okay, we've got battery saving mode on that. I have, like I say, I was noticing a slight dent in my battery as well, but nothing as horrendous as you're describing, and we'll get to it later in the show. But I've just installed the 16.1 update that came out today as well, so we'll see what effect that has on me. I can see a, a little line in the show notes for you on the All4 app. Is that one of yours?
0: Yeah, so I downloaded a Taskmaster, see previous episodes, and I downloaded Series 5 on my iPad in the All4 app, and then I go to watch one of them, Whilst I was away, and it goes, oh, you need to be in the UK to watch this, and I was just like, that's a bit rubbish. If you've downloaded something, because normally you've downloaded it because you're going to be away. So I just thought that was a bit, bit of a design fault, in my opinion. Anyway, I installed ExpressVPN and tried that, and it worked really well. So that, that was it.
1: That's interesting. You've got a VPN app as well. Then, what happens if you turn off all the cellular and everything? Does it still not let you do the location?
0: I didn't try. That Sorry, be, I was just thinking. I didn't try.
1: That would have been the first thing I tried because it presumably only knows where it is because the IP address it's got. If it hasn't got an IP address, does it default to thinking it's in the UK? I think you're cleverer than me. I don't know. Just a thought. There we are. It's an experiment. I'm going away this week. Maybe I'll just, for the sake of science, try and do the same thing to see if I can I can do it. I hadn't planned to download any Taskmaster, although there will be an episode of Taskmaster released while I'm away. So maybe I do, Maybe I should do something. But yeah, that's maybe for science. I'll do that
0: science or just download an old episode all you got to do is just tap on it and try it so there you go but on the whole really good and it was great the hotel we stayed at not particularly flash hotel but had wi-fi everywhere and i don't think i've been away in recent times you know circa three four years ago i last went away great having wi-fi everywhere even though you can go to the eu and obviously we're, we're both in the uk and ee and o2 both said i could just use my minutes as normal in essence or my data
1: yeah, I mean, that's something I don't know if we talked about when I was away on holiday, but so I'm going away for business myself this week. I'm taking two devices, well, three devices, but the two primary ones are my iPad Pro and my phone, both of which I'm with an MVNO, a virtual network of Vodafone called Voxy. I have had to buy a EU roaming pass for a week, which is another £10 at top of my account and will let me use 20 gigs of my data on both devices, but I thought it was probably worth it. A while I'm out and about into the conference centre I leave a VPN on as I've talked about before when I'm abroad I do tend to use a VPN when I'm out and around to get, to get my email and such like despite the leaking stuff we talked about last week so that's my plan I think it's only O2 and EE and possibly Smarty who don't charge you for EU roaming at this point I have no idea who
0: does it but it was great CE, would just allow me to use it and I would have paid the £10 or, or whatever it is 20 gig isn't much so in this day and age
1: well 20 gig's enough for just sending emails and stuff like that Yeah. You know, I would have thought in most locations, like in a half-decent hotel, you're going to have Wi-Fi to fall back on. It's only when you're out and about and you want to use Google Maps or Apple Maps to find yourself to your next thing, public transport, that kind of thing, in another city, that I really want the data. It's enough for me, I think, between the two devices.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. One thing I was super impressed with, actually, while we're out, is we actually had to go on one of these scooters where you download an app and you can scan a... QR code on a scooter and have a go. Fantastic. Really great use of technology. Uh, you know, the GPS even told me where I had to park it. I had to submit a photo that I parked it up in the correct location and stuff. It really enjoyed that experience, you know, in a foreign country using their, their local app. Brilliant. So I'm, I'm actually going to see if I can find a scooter tomorrow when I go to London to go across town and try that out because it's just brilliant. Really good. And I hate going on the tube. So yeah, I'm going to give that a go.
1: That's brave in London traffic. I'll be interested in your feedback for that for sure
0: it'll go one of two ways
1: <laughs> all fine or a disaster yeah absolutely uh, they're in bristol as well i think when, when it was last in bristol there were lime scooters or zip scooters or something like that were available in bristol too
0: quite possibly i did drive through bristol but didn't stop
1: yeah and newcastle is another uk city where I've seen them in we don't have them in swansea but we do have the equivalent of the of the bike scheme where you can tap an app and take that and cycle about which is fair enough between our two campuses but yeah no scooters here yet
0: I kind of like the idea, so I go to London quite a bit, I kind of like the idea, could you get a fold-up one, you know, take it with you on the train, and then when you get to the other side, boom, off to your meeting. Because I do like to walk in London, I like to be out and about, but often, you know, it's a, a long trek over town, I don't like going on the tube, so I just find it really hot and horrible.
1: I think you can get one of those Brompton fold-up bikes with a battery these days, so you could potentially get an e-bike to whip across London while you were there, if you wanted to take it with you on the train, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. But yeah, it's a good idea. And I do have a bike-to-work scheme, so it could be an option. It could be an option. I have bought an e-bike, which keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed through part shortages and things like that, so maybe we'll talk about that at some point.
0: That's definitely That should go in the show notes for next week. I'd love to know a bit more about it.
1: Sure. Okay. I will add it to underneath my other bit of homework for next week. Okay. Two bits of follow-up for me. Well, it's one bit of follow-up, but two stories in the show notes. When we were talking last week, I did talk about Microsoft HoloLens and the purchase plan with the US military. So as promised, I have put in the original article of Microsoft announcing it. At that point, which is a couple of years back now, they were talking about using HoloLens and Microsoft Teams and Power BI data visualization for Battlefield stuff. They'd collected 80,000 hours worth of data from soldiers and how they were going to find it. So that's the first story. And then the second story is about how badly it's gone, actually. Effectively, it's a story from the register calling the whole thing a waste of money, the potentially wasted 22 billion dollars on microsoft hololens will the soldiers actually use the goggles so two contrasting stories there from a couple of years apart 22 billion is a fair bit of money that's more money than oculus quest made in profit last year
0: that's a huge amount of money
1: wow it's a huge amount of money isn't it so i'm sure it was a sweet deal for microsoft but i gotta think the u.s military are quite used to wasting huge amounts of money
0: yes yes is all i'm gonna say yes i would imagine there's AI a whole, used to waste wasting money
1: yeah without getting too far down a rat hole i think their newest class of destroyer is actually untenable and they've had to sort of shelve the whole line of them and go back to one of the early ones and that's hundreds of billions of dollars for their purchase scheme for that so yeah i think 22 billions pocket change to them but it's still an awful lot of taxpayer money it makes me sick sorry
0: it makes me sick that's just ridiculous isn't it doing some real-time follow-up i do my magsafe battery is coming tomorrow
1: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, we'll have feedback on that next week as well. All right, I think that's it for follow up. Have you got any other items or is ours?
0: Oh, I think that's it. I've been away, so I'm not probably as clued up on news and rumors as you, but shall we move on? Well,
1: to- Let's move on. It's all been politics in the UK anyway, so I think my eye has been diverted slightly from tech news. But anyway, moving on. We have a whole bunch of new releases to quickly fly through, I think. So I'll start this off. You might want to finish it off because you've been running it longer than I have. iPad 16.1 is now available. I noticed we've jumped straight from 16 to 16.1, which was the rumor, and there is no 16.0 release. Makes sense. iOS 16.1 has come as well. And that's how I think
0: ad- you meant to say we've jumped from 15 to 16.1 and we missed 16.
1: Yeah, all right. That's pretty much what I meant to say. Hopefully hopefully the, the idea came over, but thank you for the correction. That's very true. So just to say what iPadOS 16.1 adds, it gives us stage manager. It gives us messages app, including editing, which we've had on the phone for a while. Mail app updates, including undo send and rich links. Display scaling, which we talked about over the period of the beta anyway. You've now got the Weather app on your iPad, an all-new Home app, which i got to say, I, I'm neither here nor there on the new Home app on the phone, at least, and on the, on the Mac, and desktop-class apps are now available. I think they're sort of the headline features of iPad OS 16.1. Anything to add there, Chris?
0: No, I think you've largely hit on it. For me, the big ones are the display, display scaling. I think it's fantastic. I think they've done a really good job. I do like Stage Manager, although it's not without its faults. I've completely forgotten the Weather app. <laughs> it was, was a thing. And the new home app i don't disagree it's not fantastic but it is a notable noticeable improvement upon what went before it that's what i would say
1: yeah it's fair enough i I, fi- I do find it slightly easier to get at the, the various light bulbs and things that i'm looking for or, or the thermostat or whatever it is i need to get at. so i suppose to give them the credit is a slight improvement but it still doesn't feel very well thought out to me altogether related to that story in the show notes as well is we you have been talking about stage manager an awful lot we've followed your whiles and wherefores about how well it's going or how well it's not going a lot of the time and it's glacial pace of development the verge of an article on stage manager to today saying it's the it's not the future of multitasking we're hoping for the sort of too long didn't read thing is they've given us just yet another app switcher as much as anything else and i have played with it a bit today i installed the release candidate a little bit before the final release, just so I'd have a feeling for it before, well, before Apple's servers got hammered, actually. So I've been playing with it today and it feels incredibly disjointed to me. You know, whether the dock's there or not, whether the sidebar's there or not, how you add windows and remove windows from a cluster within the Stage Manager app, it's not working terribly well for me. I quite like how some of it's done in that you can just drag a window to make it full screen and, you know, drag it down a little bit, but how you group the apps together within them is, is not a pleasant experience.
0: I don't disagree. And for me, I think why I love it so much is because when I plug my iPad in, like I am now, I use my second screen and it enables me to have Teams or Zoom on my iPad with my camera and to use my big screen for my work. That's why I love stage manager. And I've really missed the external monitor support. I don't disagree with the foibles of it, rearranging windows, but in a company where I can't use a Mac, this is the best. Best solution for me. And I think it works. It's it works really well for me once you get used to how it operates, if that makes sense. So I'm not saying it is perfect, but because it does the external monitor support, that's probably the thing I enjoy more about it than anything. I wish they did windowing in a more of an iPad way. I think they did cursor support in an iPad way, and it's fantastic. Everybody agreed it was fantastic. I think they've tried to do they've made windowing too complicated. Nobody asked for overlapping windows. I think they got lost doing that, and they should have done windowing more in a snap to grid or i've got these bunch of windows can i have a button just to arrange them please you like you can on windows 11 and stephen Tran smith on twitter has been going this is how it works on windows this is how it works on the ipad and it's bad for a company famed on usability with the three dots menu i think is good though is they can add more options in there for tiling windows windows 3.1 had the ability to tile windows When was that out? When did I use that? What, 94, I'm going to say, I was using that? It it was probably around since before then, but that's probably when I started using it. So I do think, while Stage Manager isn't fantastic. For me, it's unleashed a huge amount of capability in my iPad.
1: Yeah, I think it's fixing a problem that some pro iPad users had. I worry, and I think we did touch on this last week, that the average person who stumbles across the menu and clicks it to try it out is going to get lost quite quickly. I got lost quite quickly, and I've been trying it out on the Mac. The the three dot button menu thing that you're talking about is, you know, if you want to close a window or something, that's where you've got to do to do it. Why not just bring back in little widgets like we've got on macOS or on Windows to close the thing? I know it's either trying to have a different paradigm, but it's currently not. Stick to a paradigm people are familiar with in order to do it. And tiling windows are. You know, you're right. They've been around since Windows 3.1. They're in very much in fashion in the Linux desktop at the moment. There's a couple of Linux desktops that sort of tile by default. So this isn't a new problem for, for writing operating systems or window managers. It's been done before. And I think they need to lean a bit more heavily on their past rather than try to make something new just for the sake of it, frankly. so. Maybe it'll improve. Now more developers have got their hands on it and they can see how their apps work in it. And, you know, it's not just the people who are are early adopters of this kind of technology. It'll sort of begin to sort of permeate the, the the ecosystem as a whole, and that might improve it. And you know, as users' complaints get back to Apple, maybe they'll they'll go. That's oh, not just developers whining now; it's actually people who use it for real. So I'm optimistic it will improve, and I will try and dog food it a little bit over the next couple of days. I'll you know I'll, I'll take my iPad to the conference rather than my laptop, and and really sort of try and make use of it because that's the only way to sort of push forward on this. And, you know, with with our listeners comment last week and your comment about you know iPads being less rude when you're in a meeting and stuff like that, I'm going to give it a go. But I suspect by the Thursday, I'll probably be back on my Mac, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's fair. It's, it's not, they haven't got it quite right, which is so frustrating because they've made a lot of right moves, I think, with the iPad in many ways. But it's definitely better than not having it for me i did use my ipad on the airplane actually on the way back and i had my pencil out and i was taking some notes and coming up with some ideas really enjoyed it actually i'm hoping freeform is going to land but we'll talk about that in a bit
1: fair enough okay so that was it for ipad os and stage manager also out is of course uh, ios 16.1 and the real reason they're both on 16.1 is for the sort of primary feature that's left over from ios 16.1 which is family photo sharing or or gallery sharing in the operating systems. So now you can have that. So what's new in 16.1? Well, the iCloud PhotoShared Library, as I've talked about. So now you can seamlessly share your library amongst other people in your family or your friends. If you've got an event going on, you can do that. I think it still duplicates them. If you have already got the same photo somewhere else in your library, it's not clever enough to say this is a duplicate of the one that's there before. Certainly in the beta process, that's a bit rubbish, really there
0: is a fine duplicates thing now
1: in yeah but photos. with apFS it knows when it's the same file and that's one of the points of apFS is it can already deal with that so I just think it's a bit rubbish that they're not you know sort of leaning on that a little bit more heavily if you've already had the photo shared with you by by message for example and then it's shared with you again in an iCloud photo uh, photo uh, library then why would it just not simlink it you know it doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me that
0: yeah okay no, i understand what you're saying that that does make sense i think just one thing on that, i did turn on icloud family photo sharing sorry i don't know what the name is family photo sharing i can't remember what it's called i turned that on today actually and i just put one photo in it So i thought i'd just try it out because i was obviously on holiday with my wife and i thought this would be a fantastic feature while we're away and i nearly turned it on while we're away but then i thought oh, she's not on the beat and it, it, i don't want it to break but it looks really good the only thing i'd say though is once i turned it on and i moved one photo in it wasn't clear that you had to click on the dots in the top right-hand corner. Because I was like, well, where, where's the album on the left-hand sidebar? You know, where's the family album? But it, I guess what is quite neat with it is you can go, show me all the photos, which is a blend of my family and my, my individual album, or just show me the family album or just show me my individual album. It's quite neat that you can merge the two together in the view. So I think they've actually done a really good job. So I'm planning to move literally all my family photos into it and I'll try and keep all the boring whiteboard photos that I've taken over the years that my wife won't want to see in screenshots and all of that out of it. But I think it's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with my wife.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. With one daughter at university now, I'd, I'd quite like to be able to share the odd thing back and forth with her as she's doing things off in Cardiff and all the rest of it. So it's a feature they should have had years and years ago. It seems like it should be a solved problem. I know Google Photos does something similar and has done for quite a while, but we will see. So that's sort of the headline feature of it. Also, in iOS 16.1, we have live activities, so this is the streaming thing on your lock screen, or if you're lucky enough to have an iPhone 14 Pro with the DI, you'll get streaming things across there as well. Fitness Plus is now available for the iPhone, even if you don't have an Apple Watch. The wallet now enables key sharing, so you can share your car key or your hotel room or other apps in the wallet. Might be useful for you with your BMW. There's also a savings account enabled for Apple Card customers, so they can have daily cash deposited in a high-yield savings account. I hadn't even heard about that feature. I don't remember Apple talking about that.
0: I don't think Apple have talked about it, but it did come out in one of the more recent betas and they commented on it. Just back on your Dynamic Island piece, we have a company here called Ringo for parking your car, whether it's in a car park on on the side of the road. In their app update today, they've said that now when you park your car up in the Dynamic Island, you can extend your car
1: parking session and it will show you how long you've got left, which sounds quite cool that is quite cool i'm curious to see when i go to amsterdam whether my room key will be an iphone one we'll see it's quite a funky hotel so we'll see every time i go to a hotel i'm disappointed
0: every time i get a key card when i went on holiday recently we walked all the way to our hotel and the key cards didn't work and i had to go all the way back to reception after a long day of travel i was cheesed off i really want hotels to do this i don't know why it's so slow
1: because the infrastructure doesn't really support it and they're still using the old NFC cards that you know they've used for quite a while now. Which are, where, you know, I agree with you, they should update it. Everybody's got an Android phone or an, or, or an iPhone these days to be able to get in and out your hotel room and you could still offer to print out a key card or, or you know, uh, set a key card for people who don't. So it, it's something that should be solved. Anyway, moving swiftly along, we've got quite a lot to get through. So The whole map has been updated with Matter. You'll be delighted to hear that you know that's now available in 16.1, so that's a big feature.
0: On that note, I... I was gonna say iPods. Home pods have been updated to sixteen point one as well with Matter support. Big ones and little ones.
1: Big ones as well. Good grief.
0: So my big home pod runs sixteen point one and my HomePod minis runs sixteen point one. So I'm a happy camper, all my devices up to date. Now you just need to find something
1: that works on the other side of it. Anyway, moving along, there's a setting for clean energy charging that only works in the States as far as I understand it. So it will know when you're in a supplier area that gives you clean green energy to charge your phone with and it will selectively charge when it's on that. So that's interesting. I'd like to know how they decide on what's clean green energy charging whether you tell it or you know it doesn't know what it's plugged into.
0: Yeah, I I thought the same as you, but and I've not read any more around it, so I feel a little underinformed.
1: So maybe there's a bit of follow-up we need to do, go and read on that a little bit more, I would have said. The Books app, the reader controls are automatically hidden when you start reading, seems a fairly minor thing, and a bunch of bug fixes, apparently. So that seems like a fairly solid update for a major point release to, to iOS, and yeah, seems good.
0: I think 16.1 is what should have been the 16.0 update, really. It's, it's all coming together, though, isn't it? Fantastic.
1: Absolutely. I don't think got any more comments on that. I'll, I'll just continue my update uh, pathway here. So also available today, macOS Ventura. So this is macOS 13. It's now available for Mac users, and the major features of it are camera continuity. More on that a little bit later. And stage manager for the Mac, which is a bit of a non-event for a Mac. i got to say, we, we're quite good at managing our windows generally, although If you've listened to ATP or Upgrade recently, there has been a whole stramash of follow-out about the way people do window managing and whether you use the Magic Trackpad or whether you use Expose, whether you use keyboard shortcuts, whether you're very careful about your tiling, whether you use full screen. So there's a lot there that maybe we should get into someday, but today is not that day. Any thoughts about Venture? I guess it hasn't really impacted your world. Just
0: removed the beta profile off my Mac and installed it. I've, I've barely used it. I will update. I'm just backing up my wife's Mac. I will update her Mac to it over the next few days while she's on half-term. But I think it's a good update on the whole. I get people don't like system preferences settings. I can't remember what it's called. System settings, apologies. But it seems an okay update. It's free. Yeah. hasn't broken anything for me.
1: To be fair, the settings, system preferences, whatever app it is now, it looks better than when I last tried it in the beta. It's a little more consistent than it was, so they've made solid progress there. Other things new, the continuity camera, I talked about before. You can now use your iPhone as a camera external to the camera on your Mac. It is a better camera than most people's Macs. The Mac I'm speaking to you here on has got quite a good internal webcam. It's a 1080p camera, but actually the one on the iPhone is better. If I'm feeling daring, I might try and switch to it at some point during our podcast, Chris, and you can tell me what you think of the difference. As with the iPad and with the phone, there's no undo, send, scheduled, and remind me in mail. Spotlights had a few little updates for quick look support for a few other things, you know, just previews and files, more files you can preview by hitting the spacebar. Pass keys are now part of the operating system as well for Safari. So rather than passwords, there's now passkey support available in macOS Ventura. I haven't come across any sites that want to use a passkey yet, but apparently it's, it's feasible. I talked about messages. iCloud shared photo library is also available on the Mac. Stage manager, as mentioned, is now available on the Mac. You can now hand off your FaceTime calls between your Mac and your phone and your iPad. So that's quite useful. The continuity camera I've talked about. And then there's also the usual bug fixes and updates and things like that. So again, a fairly solid release, I think, at this point. I'll feed back on system system settings and things as we go forward. But yeah, that's been that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good release. Just while you're on that vein, also watch OS 9.0 point one has come out and in that there is a battery life function for the apple watch the apple sorry the apple watch series 8 the se second gen and the ultra and one thing they've done actually is enable it so you can download music now while you're out and about on cellular and wi-fi and there seems to be more of that coming audible just brought a new app and Meant to mention it that the audible app now also supports downloading after me complaining about it once use the overcast app they've now re- released a brand new audible app and so audible music and overcast now all allow streaming downloading on device without your iphone tethered which i think is fantastic I, it feels like the watch is finally coming of age
1: yep that's a good thing and i'm sure if you're an apple watch ultra user particularly then you're going to appreciate all those things Anything else in any of these updates?
0: No, I think I think they're all good, I, and I'm sure we're going to have some more tomorrow. I think there might be, I'm hoping this will be one-up for my studio display. <laughs> hope beyond hope that my studio display might have drivers to work with my iPad, but I think that might be a step too far.
1: Fair enough. We shall see. I'll need to go around and update my HomePods and my Apple TVs now as well to make sure they're all running the, the
0: current version. Shall we talk about continuity camera now you've plugged in your iPhone by the looks of it?
1: So I have. I have a little purchase I'll talk about in a minute, and I've stuck it to the top of my Mac. Can you see any difference in the quality of the camera to the one that was there before using Zoom's wonderful video conferencing?
0: The crop's a lot tighter around your face, which is good and bad. It moves around a lot more, obviously, because it's got the pan and scan feature, which I can't remember the name, center stage. I think the quality of your other camera was better.
1: Oh, really? That's interesting.
0: But maybe it's just because you're closer and it's blurring out your microphone. I think maybe it's trying to be too clever.
1: Well, I guess this is part of the of the joy of it, isn't it? I can mess with the video effects here, so you can have a desk view if you prefer. Has it done that? No, oh, it hasn't done that. I oh, don't know. It crashed, actually. That's great. So that's that's worked really well.
0: Well, at least it hasn't crashed Zoom. I can see why they've shipped it, because it probably is better. And I did say to you, if the adapter that you purchased was any good i'd buy one to stick my iphone on top of my ipad so i could use it for calls whilst i'm using my ipad but you were saying it's only designed for very thin thin devices i think so it wouldn't work on the thickness of the ipad
1: no it absolutely will only work on on like a laptop screen and quite a thin laptop screen at that and what i will say is it makes your mac quite top heavy it's a 13 pro max a i wonder if the hinge is designed to take the additional weight of sticking this on top of it B, if it's got it on your lap and you've got the camera stuck on it, the whole thing wants to tilt backwards all the time. So I'm slightly surprised that, you know, that they've pushed on this so much because actually at this laptop, the camera's fine and I'm going to switch back to the normal camera in a minute anyway. But it's, it's an interesting widget and I'll talk about how much it costs and things like that in a minute. But to me, they should have released the one that sits on top of a you know, a studio display like yours or on the big, thick, you know, Philips display that I have because that's where it's actually more useful than on the laptop. The, ca- the The laptop camera is good enough. I guess if you've got a MacBook Air or something, you want a better camera, but interesting.
0: Yeah, they did have for a long time, didn't they? Sub HD cameras in laptops, which weren't, weren't anywhere near as good. So I can see why they've done it. It feels like they're two years too late with it though.
1: Totally. Well, if you remember when the Apple Silicon M1s came out, both the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, they only had 720p cameras. They were rubbish. And So even fairly recent laptops have got quite terrible cameras.
0: Yeah, agreed. But
1: anyway, I thought the little clip looked quite good. How much did you say it was? £35. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just a mag... We're talking about it now, so we won't talk about it later. But it's just a mag-safe compatible thing that sticks nicely on the back of your phone. It comes with two additional... Bits on it, one of which is a pop socket, so you can pull that out. And the magnet's not bad; it's strong enough to, you know, to hold the phone reasonably well. And then it does make me nervous. And then on the other side, you've got the little flip-out thing, which will you can put the laptop screen in, so you can see. There's not an awful lot to that at all. I'll try. It's very thin. I'll try and put some pictures in the in the album art. Uh, for, for anybody who wants to see how, how it actually looks. Not attached to my phone, because my phone is in use taking the pictures. So there you go. That's my little real-time follow-up on the, on, on the camera. That's good. Good. Okay, moving swiftly along. Apple are also, announced today, raising prices on Apple Music, Apple TV+, and Apple One. So all their subscription services across the range are going up. In Apple Music will increase for individuals by one dollar i presume one pound at least within the uk as well to 10.99 or 10 pounds for the 10 for the annual plan which will now cost 109 dollars per year apple music for families is going up two dollars a month to 16.99 apple tv is going up by two dollars a month to 6.99 i actually forgot i thought it was that anyway actually so that's not horrendous or 20 dollars annually at 69 the apple one bundle which includes tv and music as well as Apple Arcade, iCloud storage, and the rest of it is going up $2 a month to 16 dollars Family version, which bumps the iCloud storage, 200 gigabytes is going up by $3 a month to $22.95. And the overall plan for families is now $32.95 per month. So price rises across the range.
0: So I heard about this on Mac Room, as did you or 9to5Mac or Twitter. Should Apple not have emailed its customers that's currently subscribed and tell them? It feels a bit,
1: bit poor. I'm with you on that, the people paying it should be the first people told the price rise.
0: Yeah, it's like when you get told you've lost your job and you find out because it's in the news or you've lost a contract, but you find out because it's in the news, not not because you've been told directly, because it's a direct consequence. So I, I think that is poor how they've managed it. I'm not surprised the cost is going up. I still maintain it. I think it's very good value for money. I use it for my family here. I'm very happy paying the money, but it's annoyed me how they've
1: gone about it. Yep. No argument. I've got no problem with them increasing the prices. It's been that price for two or three years now. So fair enough. Prices go up. We've talked about Netflix and everybody, others raising their prices. Disney Plus has recently done it too. So fine. Prices go up. Apple aren't hurting for cash, even in these strained economic times. But I agree. it's a bit, The communication of this has been quite poor. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Apparently music's going up because they're giving more money to artists as well. I'm well, sure Apple are taking a higher
1: cut too. Almost certainly. I wonder if Spotify are doing the same. In fact, I think Spotify did increase the prices fairly recently, didn't they? So
0: I believe you I believe you are correct.
1: There we go. You are informed about the increases. Formula One and Apple have come together then. Did you see this? Yep, yeah, my
0: two worlds collided. I watched the highlights earlier, and at the end of the race, in the box was Tim Cook waving the flag, and he looked not a happy camper doing it. He couldn't care any less. If yeah, it was awful. He shouldn't be doing it. They should sure had Eddie doing it. Nobody knows who Eddie Q is. Yeah, but he'd have loved it. Eddie Q, He'd been been smiling and loving
1: it. So Eddie Q is an Apple executive. He's kind of thought of as the deal-doer, you know, for Apple TV and music and all the rest of it. He's the one that sort of sorts out the handshakes and things like that. He lives his best life. Eddie enjoys having a bit of money and going out and making these deals and going to basketball and, you know, pressing the flesh. That's Eddie.
0: He's on the board of Ferrari. He loves cars. He's, he seems a very sociable guy, I guess is the right word. Yeah, loves his job. So it's odd. But do you know why they were there? Why were they there? Because Apple TV Plus is doing a Formula One film with Brad Pitt in it. Brad Pitt was also there. And they're doing some form of Lewis Hamilton documentary as well, which Lewis is producing, and but it will be available on Apple TV
1: Plus. So I believe that's why they were there. So they fancy some of that sweet, sweet drive to survive money from Netflix, do they? It does look like it. I think Apple are going after all markets and all competition. Fair enough. It's just a shame Tim looks, there's there's a, a link in the show notes as always, but Tim doesn't look happy in the picture. No, you, you would have thought he
0: knows how to just paint a smile on because he's doing something, but yeah, very bad.
1: Fair enough. Okay, moving swiftly along. You've put some rumors in of new Macs due in November, potentially.
0: Yeah, so not of much interest to, to me, if I'm honest, because I'm not in the market for a new Mac. But possibly are going to get some M2 Max. I'm I'm still surprised we didn't get an event where they did all this in a oneer. But I'm guessing we're just going to get some updated 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros with the new chips. I would imagine there'll be very incremental updates. So yeah, interesting to see if that lands. Hopefully, it will just be a. I think they could just put M2s in and everybody would be happy. Yeah, they don't need to make any
1: major changes. Yeah I think so I mean we'll talk about the M2 and the iPad which is a bit of a spoiler for what's coming next but uh, yeah it's not a surprise there's M2 Macs coming I think the timing of them is interesting they could have done an event or not but I don't think we need to speculate too much about it now we can uh, we can cover that when they become a bit more solid or when the products actually drop but yeah, yeah on the way. On the way
0: and maybe a Mac Pro but maybe not it seems like not which seems
1: odd to me. Yeah, I've just taken the story out, actually, about how extreme a new M2 Mac Pro would be. It is just in the realms of entire speculation. at the moment. We've already said, when talking about the Mac Studio, that that chip's not all it could be for all people all the time. That YouTube link I posted about the clothes designer. So there's a little bit of work, a story to be told about why you would want that chip that makes sense. But I am interested just to see the raw horsepower that they can pull out.
0: I agree. None of these products are for me, but I want to see them keep pushing the envelope forwards because it will fill down to our other devices over time. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Keep watching. Good.
1: Okay. Moving on. More ads are coming.
0: Oh, I debated putting this one there because it just cheeses me off. But we were talking last week about Google not being very good at doing products and Apple not being very good at doing search. I don't think Apple should be getting into the ads market anymore. I think they need to just write that off as it's a horrible user experience. and doesn't agree with that ethos. I don't like it.
1: I'm with you. The whole app store is an ads platform, and from listening to other podcasters talk about how much they spend on getting their apps displayed in any way, shape, manner or form on the app store, it feels a bit nasty to me, i got to say. They should just come come clean on it, let you know another advertising company that's good, good at advertising in there to make sure that the search is right, the surfacing of the things is right. It might help them deal with the scam apps that are on the app store to a little bit as well, a small extent as well. It's just a bit nasty that they're they're sort of pushing this as hard as they are.
0: Or just don't do ads. Make but, a good search. Don't do ads. Done.
1: Yeah, that feels very at odds with the way the company is these days. Uh. Agreed. But there you go. What can you do? Eh? More ads. And I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but Canonical, who make a version of Linux, have been censured or had their knuckles wrapped slightly by their users for in the terminal having a bit, one-line advert saying, There's now a a service available for you for free as Canonical users. You'll have five free accounts or or, or something for one of their update processes. So even in the open source world, this is becoming a thing. I hate it. Yep. We've talked about it before. If you pay for the product and you pay a lot of money for the product, then you shouldn't be sort of flim-flammed in this way, really.
0: Agree. I kind of like what Amazon do, where you can pay the 20 quid and not have the advert model, which I think is one way of doing it.
1: Yeah, but I still get adverts for other Amazon shows when I start an Amazon show. Mm.
0: Yeah, okay. Let's be <laughs> like Apple TV as well, isn't
1: yeah, it? And I don't like that either. I think I've paid for this service. I paid quite a lot in some cases for this service. I, I don't want to see pre-roll for other things that I might care to watch just before there. If it's something I'm interested in, you'll surface it on YouTube or you'll surface it you know elsewhere in the app, or see a coming soon in the actual thing itself. And I might look at it. Forcing a bunch of stuff down my throat, it puts me off.
0: Yeah, agreed. All, back to all four briefly, they do that as well. Sometimes even though you pay for the no ads, they go, for commercial reasons, we have to advertise. Yeah, they don't quite say that, but we have to advertise our own our own properties within this. But they don't need to do it for commercial reasons.
1: Yeah. So it's all a bit. They're all as bad as each other when it comes to advertising. It's going to make me sad. Shall we move on? Yep. Well,
0: this one's sad too.
1: So our next story is about Apple's vice president of industrial design, Evans Hankey, who's planning to leave the company next year. She has been at Apple for a number of, number of years now and has worked for Alan Dye, who is the chief product designer after Johnny Ive left. Am I right in saying that?
0: Now, Alan Dye is the software designer and she's the hardware designer. And so they both kind of took over from Johnny Ive, but they reported into him, I believe, for a period when they unified and software. I think this is a real shame because I think she's fantastic. If you just look at some of the recent stuff we've had out, especially on the Mac front, they've really turned it around. You know, I'm assuming she had a part to play in the Apple Watch Ultra, which I love, and, you know, the Pro whatever the Pro Max 14 or whatever this new iPhone's called. There's too many words in Apple's naming lately. So I think she's done a fantastic job. Johnny was obviously a tough act to follow, even though I think he had gone a bit off the boil towards the end. But I think she's done a fantastic job. I think it's a shame. She must have clearly just recently resigned, probably on a six-month notice period. And I wonder a who's going to replace her, and b I wonder where she's going because if you're leaving the Apple gig, somebody's either got to be offering you a load of money or something really exciting to go and do.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd back that up. As the person who's no doubt responsible for the laptop that I'm talking to you on now, that actually has ports that I want to use all over it, great job. You know, the phones have got better. I'm sure the, maybe she's leaving because she doesn't want the USB-C port on the iPhone next year. I don't know. I doubt it. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. As the person, no doubt, ultimately responsible for all of that, it, it, it's a stellar job. The, the hardware's got better and better. I would say the software design, Alan and I uh, may have some things to answer for in terms of the choices around software. But from a hardware point of view, uh, with the with the resignation of, of Johnny Ive when he left, who his thinness you know, bent had probably got a little bit too too extreme for most of us and his purity of design. Absolutely put Apple back, products back where they should be from a hardware point of view.
0: Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, interesting to see. And hopefully the uh, products don't suffer for it and there's a smooth transition.
1: Fair enough. Good. She'll be missed six months, though. Uh, and hopefully whoever was working for her or they recruit in will maintain that sort of focus.
0: Yeah, I agreed.
1: Next up. Next up, if I wanted to give you another reason to get a Steam Deck, this might be just the thing to do it. So we were talking about virtualization and on-device virtualization last week, and this week somebody has managed to get a virtual machine running on the Steam Deck where you can actually run macOS Catalina on your Steam Deck, should you choose to. Oh, I don't know why I do this. I'm not really into putting weird OSs
0: on stuff, if I'm honest. So this probably isn't for me, but kind of cool. that Somebody's got the ability to do it it looks kind of cool.
1: It is cool. And again, as I talked about last week, you can plug a USB-C dock into the wire into the top of your Steam Deck and you can have it running on your big widescreen monitor. So I guess if you needed your Mac OS, you know, in a rush somewhere and you only had your Steam Deck with you, you could potentially do this. I bet it runs abysmally, but there you go. It's a thing. You can do it.
0: And I'd imagine it's going to run worse over time as it's more optimized for Apple Silicon because they're only going to be looking after their own chips, aren't they?
1: Yeah, very much. I mean, they show it running Catalina, which is several versions behind now. But the fact is, you can do it. And I'm always quite impressed when you get hardware that it wasn't designed to do it on to run anything. And if it runs in any way sort of half-decent fashion, then that's quite impressive.
0: No, true. I do agree that. Also brings you just onto a rumor I didn't put in was, did you see that there's talk and speculation of a version of macOS running on an iPad and then Apple might release it this year, next year?
1: I'd like to see it because it would actually make the hardware on the iPad useful. (laughs) To me, anyway. I can't imagine they're ever going to do this. It would be an odd thing to do. It would be a nice thing for developers to do. You know where you could actually run it in an external mode. We know how good the M1 and the M2 chips are. I'm speaking to you on one now. I can run lots of windows at the same time. I can run a version of Stage Manager. I can have the terminal up and running. I can do all sorts of things. I agree with you though. I don't know why they'd do this. You know, constraining it into a device with one USB-C port. There's issues around that. But yeah, at the same time, it could be interesting. Mac OS isn't designed for touch targets. You know, it is a different thing.
0: No, it's not. So I'm really mixed on it. If I'm honest, I think I'd like to. Part of me would like to see it, but part of me hopes they don't do it because I think they need to. They need to get iPadOS correct.
1: Yeah, they need to get iPadOS good before they start worrying about messing around with the other things. Unless they're just giving up on iPadOS, but I can't see them doing that with the App Store the way it is and the income they get and education purchasing and all the other things that actually iPads are used for. And we'll get into iPads in a little bit too. That I think it would be madness at this stage that they did good moving on a quick media update I want to give it tell us something about taskmaster first
0: i must have left that in there from last time i've been watching more taskmaster i'm nearly on season six it's fantastic i did watch a little bit on the airplane it's so good
1: it's a good show i don't i think we've, pra- we've sung its praises enough we won't hang about there too long for me i'm continuing to watch andor on disney plus it's a great show i know you started watching it too it has maintain that level of quality if anything it's got better i like the fact again i've said it before no mystical space wizards it's all the better for not having any of that stuff in it just a bit of political intrigue a bit of spy stuff it's a great show yeah
0: i really must get back on with it maybe i need to download some while i'm off to London tomorrow.
1: i'd say so it's nice bite-sized chunks as well really sort of keeping the quality level up in the storytelling great dialogue well-written characters It just shows you how you can write something of that quality. Moving on, House of the Dragon, which is the Game of Thrones prequel. I've continued with that. Uh, The actors and actresses in that are phenomenal. They keep doing little time jumps. They sort of jump forward six years here, ten years there. Another shout-out to Paddy Constantine particularly. His character has been amazing. What they did with makeup, how they turned him into the, sort of the decrepit old person that he he was portrayed at, and that was really quite something. There's one episode of it left that I haven't watched yet, and that'll be the end of the season. But if you were a Game of Thrones fan and were turned away by how awful the last two seasons were, I think House of the Dragon should bring you back. It's a good show. Never seen it. Fair enough. Any of it. Fair enough. Well, if you've got no interest, you've got no interest. My last point, and then back over to you, is I tried to watch, well, I did watch the second episode of The Undeclared War. It was rubbish. I'm not watching any more of that. I'm not wasting my time watching any more of that.
0: It's kind of like when you eat bad food. You've only got so many calories in a day. It's like when there's a bad TV show, you've only got so many hours in a day. So it's fair enough. It, I kind of had it on in the background. It wasn't fantastic. But I don't think I minded it as much as you.
1: No, it's it's actually really offended me for two you know, two actors, the quality of Simon Pegg and Mark Rylance to be, you know, part of that and, you know, not given their best work. I wouldn't see either of them phoning it in, but it's just none of the things that happen in it are earned. It's very badly scripted. It's very badly written. It's, I've got nothing good to say about it. So let's move on.
0: Move on then. Oh, so just very briefly, I don't know if you've watched Succession, but I love Succession. And season four is coming out spring next year. The trailers got released yesterday or today. It's got Brian Cox in it. He's fantastic. You should watch it. He's a fellow Scott. He's awesome. I just really enjoy it. And it just makes me think how sleazy the Murdoch empire might be, because I'm assuming it's based upon them. But fantastic show. Love it. Love the music. It's it's a great, great show. I'm right up my street. So I'm very happy season four is coming back. And yeah, looking forward to that
1: next year. I have only ever heard good things about Succession. I haven't watched any of it. I, I vaguely know the concept of it, but I've never heard any, read anything bad about it. Anybody who's watched it says it's amazing. It has got Brian Cox in it, who's one of my favorite actors of all time. And I don't just like everybody automatically because they're Scottish. But uh, yeah, he is great. He was awesome in the Bourne films. He was awesome in the X-Men films. He was one of the bad guys in the X-Men films. And he has been fantastic in everything he's seen. In fact, one of the first things I ever saw him in was Manhunter, where he played Hannibal Lecter. He was the original Hannibal Lecter back in the day before Anthony... Oh, gosh, my brain's just gone blank. Well, Hopkins. I, before Anthony Hopkins was sort of lauded for his turn as Hannibal Lecter, I think Brian Cox actually did a better job in a far more sinister but less showy way. So, yeah, he's great. And at some point, I will get around and watch in succession.
0: It may not be your thing, but I enjoy it. It's fantastic. It's wrong in so many ways. But it's, <laughs> it's good.
1: Has it got Macaulay Culkin's brother in it as well? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who I loved in Scott Pilgrim.
0: Uh, okay, yeah, he's uh, he he's a very wrong character in this
1: film. That's okay. It's the, yeah, he's he's got a lot of presuppositions I think about him. There's a lot of expectations for what Culkin would be like, and I think playing against type's is a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, he's fantastic in it. He's fantastic. His character just not a nice person. Okay, fair enough. That'll do us for media games. Not much to say here other than Resident Evil Village is finally coming out. They announced this at WWDC when Apple had a little spurt on saying games are really good and we're doing more work with games and we've got Resident Evil coming. So that's coming to macOS very soon. It's a bit weird. They made quite a thing about games at WWDC and then have done nothing since on games.
1: So a bit, bit bizarre, but there you go. I guess it'll show up when it shows up. I've never played a Resident Evil game in my life. My life. I have on my Switch, but not on anything else. Yeah, it's not something that appeals to me. I don't really like the horror jump scare thing. I just like shoot-'em-ups. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Speaking of shoot ups thank you for the link. I have been playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Because I pre-ordered it, I get the early access to the campaign a week early. So I haven't played a huge amount of it, but I've completed, I don't even know, X percent. I've done about 12 levels of the game. The graphics are amazing. They're using photogrammetry, I think it's called, which is sort of a highly real version of doing textures. Microsoft did it for the new flight simulator as well. So when you look at walls and things like that, the textures on them are very realistic, 3D rendered. It's not voxels. It's a slightly different way of doing things. So the graphics look really nice. The storylines very call of duty and you know you're big soldier man and you're following another big soldier man and you can't shoot your own soldier men in any way you can only shoot the bad guys and the bad guys are very obvious and evil and you know that it's a lot blurrier than that one thing that has amused me as i've been playing it is, is a level set in amsterdam so considering going to amsterdam i was quite taken with that swim through a canal and shoot a load of people unsurprisingly I'm quite enjoying it. It's very Call of Duty. It's not really setting the world on fire. It just looks prettier. It has bigger bangs and lots of guns in it. One level I have quite enjoyed is you fall out of the helicopter and you end up upside down hanging off a rope. So you've got to do all your shooty shooty bang bang while upside down. That was quite novel. I don't think I'd seen that before in, a, in, in one of these things. But other than that, it's exactly as you'd expect it to be. You like a bit of a COD game, then you'd like this.
0: Yeah, and I'll probably pick it up when it's on sale. So I do like a COD game. I can't explain why. I just like the walk around a level, kill some baddies. I don't know why, just just always have enjoyed that sort of game. And it probably harps back to some of the first games I ever played,
1: on my 486 being Wolfenstein and Doom 1. Doom 1. Those were the days. And then very quickly followed by Quake. Yep. If you like this kind of thing, you'll like it.
0: I did nearly buy Quake again on the PlayStation because it was like £4. And I just love that
1: game so much. Don't buy it again. It's on the Xbox as well. It's on Game Pass on the Xbox, and I downloaded it and played it. It hasn't aged well.
0: I love it. I don't know what you're talking about. It's fantastic.
1: It might be fantastic, and it was fantastic twenty plus years ago, thirty plus years ago. Twenty. Yeah, it's more than twenty, I think. It's probably more than twenty, but it's not thirty. Somewhere in the middle. Let's go twenty-five.
0: Thirty would put us in '92.
1: That doesn't feel Doom, impossible. That's Doom. Doom no. came Doom, out Doom, Doom in like, B92, yeah. yeah. Doom
0: was like early '90s. Then Doom Two. Then you had Quake. So I think late
1: '90s, I'd say. Okay. Not far off. 22nd June 1996, Quake was released.
0: 96?
1: 96. Okay, moving on.
0: I I am feeling old. So should we go to the main show?
1: Let's go to the main show. So it's largely over to you, I think, this week, because it's largely iPads.
0: It's largely iPads, none of which overly interest me. So Apple didn't do an October event. There was various rumors where they were. Sometimes they do a Mac slash iPad slash Apple TV slash Mop up event, but they've chosen just to do some press releases, which is good and bad. They, I think they should have just dropped like a half hour video or something and just done an introduction to them. I think that would have been better myself than, than a text press release in a nine minute video. But anyway, they've released new iPad Pro M2 key things are it's got an M2 and instead of an M1, it's got Wi-Fi 6E support and it's got hover drawing. So using the same Apple Pencil, that's already out there, the Apple Pencil 2, the white stubby one without a connector on it, you can hover it above the iPad screen. And text boxes will automatically enlarge and you can see what brush you're going to use in the drawing app before you actually paint anything. So they look, look great. The updates look very incremental updates. I thought the M2 update might bring more RAM because the M1 bought 16GB RAM if you had a terabyte of disk space. This one stays at 16GB RAM maximum. But on the Max, the M2 does allow 24GB RAM. And I thought that might have filtered down to the iPad, especially with Stage Manager, so you could run more Windows and it'd be snappier so very incremental the big issue here in the uk is the price is circa 400 pounds more expensive than last year's so i bought an m1 ipad last year with so it's got the m1 chip in it and it's cellular and i got the terabyte model because i did want the 16 gig gram because you do notice if you really use the ipad you do notice the difference nipping in and out of apps and i use it all day every day so if i wanted to buy the same model this year it's 400 pounds more expensive which is not for me, and it's a very incremental update. So I do wonder, and I've heard some theories about this, did they have to do this this weird Frankenstein update? Because there's been talk of this OLED model coming, but maybe they're struggling to get the supply, and they've got supply constraints. So actually what they've done is they've just done a half update into the existing iPad chassis, and they haven't done the full update that they wanted. Don't know, but it is plausible. And I wonder actually when Apple are designing new products, do they have to design too? Look, like if we can get all the components we want, this is the, the design we do, but we've got to have half an iron. If we can't get it, what would a, a full pack position look like? And you'll never know the truth because Apple will never announce anything. So I do wonder how much is, we can drop something in the old chassis and this is what it looked like as a plan B and the, here's our plan A of we want to do this OLED iPad, which we keep hearing about the OLED iPad, but it never seems to you know, see the light of day. The other thing that was disappointing with the M2 update is the 11 inch version doesn't have the micro LED screen, which is on the 12 inch version. And it was very much expected that that would filter down to the small screen and that's not come either. So it's a very incremental update. I think the M1 though, iPad that I did buy a year and a half ago is fantastic. I think it was expensive, but actually what I got for the money was very good. It was a lot of money, but the screen is amazing. The, it's very quick. It does the whole support when the external screens when the software update comes out. It supports Stage Manager, so I'm very happy with last year's purchase. I think this one's just validated. Actually, my my iPad purchase will stem in good stead, and I'll probably get a good three and a half years out of it.
1: Yeah, I think that's all fair enough. I, I agree with you, my sort of take on it. And I also have an M1 iPad, just so I can I can at least speak experientially about that. To me, there's not enough updates between an M1 and an M2 to bother buying an M2. So as you've said, you get this hover drawing. So obviously, I forget the actual name of it, but the renderer on the screen that can sense the pencil has been stepped up, well done, so it can pick up this hover thing based on the existing hardware of a four-year-old Apple Pencil at this stage. You know, the the Apple Pencil 2 is a four-year-old thing. Buying an Apple Pencil 2 costs 139 quid in the UK. So if you've made that investment, you don't need to buy another one, fine. But again... For that slight improvement and Wi-Fi 6E, I don't think, and the M2, I don't think anybody who's got an M1 iPad should be rushing out to buy. And that includes an, an iPad Air, because I think some of them have the M1 in them as well, that you, you should not be rushing out to buy. It. If you've got an older iPad Pro, then maybe now's the time to upgrade, keeping in mind that 400 quid price bump that it... It's it's a bit of an ask for me that the, the iPad Pro 2, unless you're a couple of generations behind and you want to jump in.
0: No, I completely agree with you. The iPad Air fifth generation has the M1 in it as well, which is a fantastic device. And it's probably the best device for most people because it, it's a good all-rounder. I'm glad they're updating the iPad. It's great. They do need to get on a regular annual update with it, I think, whereas they're getting there with the Macs. And I think they should be doing it with the iPads, especially if they've got the M3 chip. There's loads of stuff that hasn't come, though, that people are expecting, like redesigned case, maybe more USB-C ports or MagSafe. So it's a bit disappointing. But it it is what it is, at least updating it and not letting it fester too long on the vine.
1: Yeah, I guess so. And if there is you know, speculated uh, uh, improvements for screens or other things or being able to move it down through the market, that's fine. But what makes it really odd, this update, is the imbalance between it and the updates to the base-level iPad. Because the base-level iPad, which was also updated, has had many more significant updates, although some of them are a bit strange, than the iPad Pro. I mean, effectively, what they've done is they've slung an M2 in this and you get some benefits. Whereas... And I don't know if it's decided. did you have anything else to say about the Pro before we move on to the iPad. Well, the only thing I
0: was going to say with the Pro is, so if you bought the uh, the one terabyte version, which is two thousand four hundred pounds in the UK, plus the three hundred and fifty pound keyboard, plus the pencil, you, you're knocking on the door of nearly three grand, which is a huge amount of money. Whereas I do like the the concept that I could buy a pencil and it lasts many years, and I could buy the keyboard and last many years, and I just swap the cuts out. But wow. That is a lot of money. Even by my standards of not wanting to set money on fire, I couldn't do it.
1: No, and you think you could buy a MacBook Pro 14-inch and an Apple Studio display, £1,500, for the same amount of money? Not quite, but not far off. I think it's got to be in the ballpark. You know, you're only talking 100 quid or so difference between I'm going to price them up now and do the same thing. But if you were to go top of the line, everything on your iPad to all the storage, cellular, pencil, folio, sorry, magic keyboard case thing, whatever it is. If you're saying that's almost in the region of three grand, then it's not going to be a million miles away
0: yeah you're probably right you're probably right okay well let's move on then oh the other thing i was gonna say i swear the pencils got more expensive by the way i swear it used to cost 100 pounds so i think we are seeing the cost of supply chain going up
1: so pencil one was 109 pounds pencil two was 139 pounds wow okay yeah and pencil one was rubbish so (laughs) we'll talk about that more in a minute
0: it was a disappointing pencil so
1: let's move on to the regular ipad
0: which it certainly feels like Apple have invested F in, which I think is good. And they've got some great stuff in here. I think they've got one noticeable flaw in their plan. So the regular iPad, this is the the iPad, not an Air, not a Pro, just a regular iPad, updated. So it looks a lot like an Air in a way. It's got USB-C design. It's got no home button. It's got Touch ID. It's got got all, all the same stuff the air's got but it's only got an a14 processor which i think for a regular ipad will be fine so no issues there it's got a new magic folio which looks awesome which it kind of looks like a surface so it clips on the back but it's got a kickstand great and then it's got a full keyboard with a function roll on it which you don't get on the uh, pro keyboard which is really bizarre i'm amazed they didn't release a new pro keyboard with a function rail on it i'd have probably bought that to be fair so it's great keyboard only comes in white though for some reason and i quite fancy the white one because i think it looks cool and a bit different but i worry that it would just get very dirty very quickly as you chuck it in your bag and what have you so great new magic failure i'm glad they've done something different with it but again you can't use the same keyboard that you'd had on previous models even though they're roughly the same size because they've moved the smart connector instead of being on the back which was an odd choice anyway it's now down on the on the thin line underneath the the iPad on the edge, in essence, one of the long edges, which is where it used to be on previous iPads. So it's very odd how they're moving things back and forth. Keyboard isn't backlit though. Does cost £280, but does have a function row and a kickstand, which the Magic Keyboard doesn't. And now they they do make, by the way, circa three or four keyboards and cases for the iPads at this point. So it does make it very confusing. So it looks fantastic, but it is £100 more expensive than the previous model. So they've had to keep the previous home button model around and i do wish apple would get on and phase out all the home button models and move to this you know picture frame design in essence where you've either got face id or touch id and you don't need a home button anymore i I wish they'd get that a bit quicker what is bizarre on this one though is it doesn't support the apple pencil 2 which is your your point it's been around for circa four or five years it only supports the apple pencil one but because the, the chassis is usb-c if you have to buy a new apple pencil one which will come with a lightning to usbc adapter or you can buy the adapter separately if you've already got the pencil it just seems a very janky way of doing the pencil piece when you've got a fantastic new pencil already there it's really disappointing there is speculation that you can't use the apple pencil two because the camera is now on the long side of the ipad ever since ipad came out cameras used to be on the portrait side on the shorter edge they've now moved it on this ipad to the long side which as i'm talking to you now it's exactly how i use my ipad again would have probably plumped for one if they'd have moved the camera so there's talk that they they couldn't put the charging and the camera in the same area but that's got to be something they've got to overcome surely why don't they have the pencil charge on the short side of the ipad like they do with the mini kind of thing so very bizarre choices here weird that You've got to use a lightning-based device. Make sure they need to phase that out. It's just weird that you do it. But then something else to point out on a podcast, if you're really going to be using a pencil, you're not buying this iPad. You're going to go get the Air.
1: Yeah, there is an alternative pencil, isn't there? I think Logitech or somebody else makes the crayon.
0: So there is Logitech crayon. So my children have the Logi- Logitech Crayon 1, which is fantastic. It's about £50. Pounds. They've got lightning-based iPads, and the crayon's lightning-based. Logitech have brought out a crayon with USB C in it. That is the solution people should go for. If you're buying this and you want a pencil, get the crayon. It's fantastic. And it's half the cost and uses USB C. I don't know why Apple have done this. They should have just said, if you want a pencil for this, use the crayon. We're not going to bother making one. That would have probably been a better look.
1: I agree. No. The most, I like the new industrial design. They've gone for the squared off thing. I agree with you on the pencil it shouldn't support the charging, but I guess that's the differentiator for the air, which also hasn't been updated in this thing. And, but moving the camera.
0: The air got updated earlier in the year.
1: There you go. Fair point. Moving the camera from the short edge to the long edge is sensible. It should always have been there, frankly, on these kinds of devices. Why it, why it was in portrait and not landscape to me was, was madness. It's more expensive as well, I think, than the base model.
0: Yes, it's about £100 more expensive, so they've kept the previous model around.
1: Yeah, they've kept the previous model so they can get a price point. Very Tim Cook's Apple this, whereas you, you know you you just keep the existing thing and you slot something else in the lineup. It's a lot of skews. Steve Jobs would not have tolerated this.
0: You can basically get an iPad at every single price point at this point, I'm sure, from about
1: £350 upwards. And this is using the A14 processor, which at this stage is two generations old, I think. Three generations old? I,
0: no, I think that's correct. I think we've got the A16 in the latest iPhone. A6 right. it's two gens old.
1: Yeah, so it's not the most up to date tech. It's using a new screen casing. Fair enough. It's not got a magnet. They've moved the. It's a real sort of contradicted device, and they've moved to USB C across the line. It's a real contradicted device to this. This to me.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a hodgepodge, isn't it? Of you know, they've just chucked a bit of everything in that they had. And what they have done though is put fantastic colours on them, nice bright, vivid colours, which is great to see.
1: Yeah, that is great to see. Now, I deploy iPads to hospitals for a particular reason. I've always gone for the base model because it's made sense. It's been the cheapest device. It supported the the pencil up to this point. You had a reasonably straightforward story. There, there's consent and things. We'd, we'd use people to sign consent forms and stuff with, with iPads. This is such a confused device to me that I don't think I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to have to think again about what we deploy to, to hospitals to this because it's not really hitting that price point for me or I'll just stick to buying the older version of it. So it, it it's not sitting well in my head, this.
0: So we deploy the same as you to people out in the field, and we will carry on to buy the, the cheaper iPad with the home button. Yeah, exactly. Probably
1: because it hits
0: the right price point, and we don't need these extras. We buy it as a purely touch device.
1: Did we talk about the home button on these being touch where the touch sensor is so now they've taken the home button off the bottom where the fingerprint sensor was now it's in the the this, the button up at the top i think for you yeah, it's in the it's
0: in the power button or sleep yeah. weight button same as the ipad mini and same as the ipad air yeah but a change for this device but a change for this device yeah
1: right yeah, yeah that, that, that's interesting both of us buy ipads for our corporate enterprise use and neither of us think this is the right device to go for
0: i think it will be a year from now they get rid of the iPad 9th gen. This is the 10th gen, by the way. And this one becomes the basic one. I think once the money, once it is the right price point, this is the one to buy. If I was buying an iPad for my children now, I'd probably try and get them one of these or an iPad Air if you could get the Air at a good price.
1: Yeah, uh, the Air is probably a slightly more sensible device. It's just such a contradiction. There's things I like about it. It's interesting they've copied Microsoft with the sort of kickstand and the detachable keyboard and all that kind of stuff. Arguably, she have done that years ago as well.
0: They should have either done that years ago or really lent in to what they've done with the iPad Pro, where you have the iPad, in essence, floating above, although the case does make it very heavy. Mm. So I think they've got some good ideas. It just feels like they need to. I think what we're seeing here is it's a bit like with the iPhone 14. We're seeing a a set of devices at, at a weird point. I think give it a year from now or 18 months, all the devices will make sense. I think we're just seeing this at a funny time, if that makes sense yeah we should maybe to try to ripple through
1: the changes sorry we should maybe put something in the diary to look at the ipad again in year, the base model ipad again here because it doesn't with the exception of what we buy corporately it doesn't it, it's not the new hotness is it it's not what we buy for ourselves that we get as excited we maybe need to look at this from the perspective of someone else but we have that ability because we both buy them corporately so i think maybe we should sort of dog food the base model in a year and see if it makes sense to us as a as a corporate device from that point because it's not making sense to us at the moment. We're talking about buying the one before and then what's in the, the the top of the range too. You know, Even a school, I think, would struggle with this. Why would you buy this over a Chromebook or the previous generation iPad? A pretty color is not going to cut it. You know, At the end of the day, when you're putting pounds or dollars down, this isn't the device for that market. It's the one that's at the lower end, the one they've been buying before anyway. So it's just an odd device and USB-C and a camera in a better place isn't good enough for most people.
0: So hmm. I'd agree. And let, just a slight side note. Sorry, I just went off to just double check. So I do have an iPad mini that I bought last Christmas. and I paid £470 for it, which is roughly the price point of this. Hmm. It's got an 815 in it. So it supports it, the Apple Pencil too. It doesn't do keyboard. That's the one thing it doesn't do. But it has a better pencil, a better chip. And with this recent update, Apple put the price up by £100 of the iPad mini. So my iPad that I was going to sell before the event is actually appreciated in value after the event. How crazy is that?
1: Yeah, before we met as well to to do this, I priced up a base model iPad with all of the things, with the keyboard case, with the pencil, the pencil one and all the rest of it. And it was just under a £1,000 for all those things.
0: That is bonkers, isn't it?
1: And real time follow up. While you were talking and running through the specs of the thing, I went and I priced a MacBook Pro 14 with a studio display, and that comes to three thousand and forty eight pounds for a 14 inch one. So an M, you know, it's an M one one. Fair enough, but that's what it costs.
0: That's a cracking laptop, though.
1: Yep, an iPad Pro with all the trimmings is a little bit less. I didn't go for the two terabyte model. I reined myself into the one terabyte model. But so a one terabyte M two iPad Pro is two thousand seven hundred forty seven quid with all the trimmings. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You don't get cellular on a Mac, but I think for the sake of 300 more quid, I'd be buying the studio display and the laptop.
0: I probably don't disagree with you, if I'm honest, and I love my iPad. I'd largely use it because it's what my co- corporations support, and I don't want to use Windows. But.
1: And there's lots of pros to an iPad. You don't, you can't get away from the fact that it has an app ecosystem unequaled by anything. If what you want is to get Microsoft Office up and running very quickly, or you're looking you at the particular drawing app or there's something, you may have a really compelling reason for having an iPad. Corporately, you may be, may be the expectation for the reasons you and I have touched on here. But that is a shed load of cash. That's a huge amount of
0: money. The one thing I love on the iPad is I go on the train, I open the lid, and I just start working because it, it's just there on the cellular piece. They've nailed that, but that is a huge amount of money.
1: Yeah, but for the price of a 14-inch MacBook Pro at 1,499 quid that will tether to the phone in my pocket and I can open the lid and it starts working in the same way with Apple Silicon these days, I think that argument is, is a lot more challenging than it would have been once upon a time. Anyway. I then disagree. Anyway, it's not the only pieces of hardware Apple released this week. They also did some stuff to the Apple TV. Do you want to take us through those? Yeah, so
0: a bit surprised by this, but looks really good. So two new models. So they've taken the Apple TV, made the the black rounded box a little bit smaller, basically, removed the fan, put an A15 in it. You still get the same looking remote, but it will... It's USB-C charged instead of lightning. So interesting there, especially given what we've just been talking about with the pencil. But it comes in two flavors. It used to come in two flavors, and the two flavors historically were 32 gig or 64 gig, and that was the only difference. Whereas now what they've done is the 64 gig version is Wi-Fi only and has no thread radios on it for matter, and is £149 in the UK. And then they now do a 128 version, which comes with Wi Fi and Ethernet and a thread radio and is £169 in the UK. So they've dropped the prices, stellar updates. I mean it's great that that we're talking here and actually they've made all the right, right decisions. The only thing just to note is the box doesn't come with a cable to charge the remote, but I don't think that's a big issue in the world where we shouldn't be getting lots of cables in boxes anymore because we've all got them so i think a really good update to the apple tv the only thing i haven't checked is i've got the previous generation i've got quite a few of them is whether it has thread
1: radios in it i don't know if you know the answer to that the previous generation i don't know i know these generations are split the base model the cheaper one 149 pounds the 64 gig which is a good price point has no ethernet socket ethernet depending on how you say that and has no thread radio if you're buying in the new hardware so that's interesting that they've cut that and I find it really odd that I suppose it's in the home pods but why wouldn't the thread radio be in the the base model of the new ones
0: I kind of agree given that um matter's coming and all roads seem to be leading to matter at the moment i have just checked actually the previous generation does have thread radio in it so all of my apple tvs have thread so, so very that, bizarre
1: so that's super weird that they've dropped that and and the ethernet i guess wi-fi being what it being what it is is fine it's got an a15 processor so better than the last ipad we were just talking about and there are i agree with you the the, the C on this remote is the canary in the cold mine for me that that means we're getting USB C on everything any minute now it'll be on trackpads and keyboards and presumably the next iphone as well so that's good and the bigger model 128 gigs so great more storage i still not clear what you use all that storage for on one of these devices i don't even know what's in my apple tv 4k i presume it's the base model that gave the the smallest amount that gave me 4k i have no need for any of that storage i stream all of my things i guess if you were installing lots of games maybe but there's not the same games on the apple tv that are on there
0: no i don't know what they use the storage for but the only things i'm aware of is you can have standard apps and games and screen savers and that's about it
1: yeah, so it probably doesn't need all that storage. If I could be playing Apex Legends with my paired controller, I might want to do that, but I don't think Apex Legends works on the Apple TV. It only works on the iPad and the phone. I bet we don't have any games on the Apple TV at all.
0: It is for media
1: consumption. In fact, there's a little bit of homework I'll go away and I'll try and install Apex Legends on it, but I suspect I'm not going to get very far.
0: No, I doubt it. The other
1: thing here is they did retire
0: all other previous models, so the Apple HD version's gone, which is about seven years old at this point and they haven't done a Tim Cook and kept a previous model lying around at a cheaper price point. So I think that is good. Hopefully these will come down over time, but I doubt it. I'm personally not in the market for one, but I could happily recommend either of these to anybody to buy, I think.
1: Yeah, I think they're good. It's not as cheap as something you get from Roku or something, but if you want that sort of Apple AirPlay, if you want Fitness Plus... If you want other bits and pieces that the Apple TV can give you, and maybe some of the games, which Apex aside, there are some games on Apple TVs, including a whole bunch of things from Apple Arcade. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. There are value adds to having an Apple TV over one of the cheaper boxes. I quite like the quality of them. They support HDR and other things that my my fancy new TV does. Although it is. Super annoying if you're watching YouTube and it will flick into an advert and it'll switch to HDR modes and it'll flick back to what you're watching. And you do get a big black screen break while it does that with just an HDR logo in the corner. That's quite irritating. I think I could turn that off in the menu somewhere, but I want all the all the hotness that HDR gives me on, on my Apple TV. So that's slightly annoying. Other devices don't do that, but then they don't support HDR. So, eh, okay, it is what it is. They're also, crucially, yeah. gone.
0: Now I was going to say the flicking black screen is the one thing I hate. Just generally, yeah. I hate it with a burning desire. I'm meant to ask you: Does your new TV support HDR10 plus? Because I mine supports HDR10, but not the plus. I don't know what the plus means. I guess it's brighter, but I didn't know if you all supported that.
1: I don't know. I think it probably does. It's got all of the things. I will go away and check that as well. I know that things like when you're in the interface, it is super bright on the icons within the Apple TV interface and within its own interface when you're doing input switching, when you go from broadcast TV to Apple TV to PlayStation 5, you can definitely see those areas on the screen that are HDR supported. So I will have to go and check that on my TV. More homework for me. Yeah, these devices themselves have A15s I've touched on and they're smaller, They're physically smaller than what was there before, which is pretty... Pretty cool, actually. It's fine. These things should be smaller based on what's in them.
0: Well, considering it's got a chip in it that runs your phone, I'm surprised how big they generally are. So I think it's a great update. If I was in the market for an Apple TV, I'd be buying one.
1: Well, we'll talk about what we've bought or not bought in a minute, but was that it? Was there anything else we wanted to update on those? No, I think that's it. Fantastic. I'm just writing notes for my homework for next week. Okay, we're almost at the end of this. We've done. We've packed quite a lot into this, show. i got to say, in the time that we've done. We've talked about the software updates, so that's good enough. I'll go and update my TVs. Is there any other updates we were expecting in terms of software?
0: Yeah, so I was just going to touch on this briefly of things we've heard rumors. So, hopefully, Swift Playgrounds will, will get released version 5.2. It's currently in test flight. I'm hoping for the freeform app. Apple announced this back at WWDC. There's a new app coming with like an infinite canvas on it, not for painting, but for taking minutes and doing drawings and meetings, and you could collaborate. I'm not as interested in the collaboration, but I really want to have a go on it. And in fact, today I dust off my iPad mini that we were talking about previously. Charged it up, installed 16.1 on it in the hope that Freeform would come out and I could try it on my iPad mini. So I'm hoping that's going to come out next few weeks, if not this week. Who knows with Apple, they never tell you, do they, until, until they drop it, which is frustrating. I'm kind of wondering whether there'd be an update out for my studio display. Normally, well, it runs iOS, so you'd have thought they'd do something with it. Will it bring any features? They announced driver kit for the iPad. I'd love to see the studio display get updated and I could choose to use the webcam in my ipad in my studio display instead of the one in my ipad which would be great when i'm at my desk so i'm hoping there's something there and there's also been a rumor of airpods firmware they've been in beta i don't run the betas on my airpods so it'd be interesting to see if that drops, and we've already touched on the HomePod. So lots of updates coming out, which I think is fantastic, and is great about the Apple ecosystem. In that you buy a device, and generally for circa four or five years, you get a lot of quality updates.
1: Yeah, no so. argument. I think the, uh, I'm not sure you want to use the camera in your Studio Display based on some of the some of the reports that were coming back about it, but it'd be nice to have the option at least. I suspect Freeform will be 16.2. Rather than 16.1, it's going to have to come in a major update rather than a sort of standalone app. The only standalone app they've done recently was Clips, which hasn't gone very far.
0: I wonder if it would be a standalone app, given all the issues they're having with detaching apps from the OS. But I wouldn't be surprised if it came as part of a software update. I don't mind if it's 6.2, because I'll get it as part of the beta. I'm assuming that will come in the next few days. But I didn't know whether they'd try and
1: detach things from the OS interesting yeah there's a few things to keep an eye on and things like the iWork suite which we've talked about before i presume there's updates for that at some point and we'll get them when we get them good okay that's quite a comprehensive update of of various apple things that we've done not having caught the 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 hardware updates last week has uh, meant we've had a lot to talk about this week
0: yeah that's true we've had a bumper show so did we buy anything was the question
1: So I've already answered this slightly in my Belkin MagSafe studio. Sorry, I'll get the name right. Belkin iPhone mount with MagSafe for notebooks. Still notebooks, not laptops in the App Store.
0: Yeah, it's still weird that they changed that. Okay, so you bought that? You didn't buy anything else?
1: I bought that in white, which cost me 35 quid. I have been thinking about buying an Apple TV to sort of trickle down to some of the other devices. I have an Amazon Fire Stick on one TV in the house. I really don't like the Amazon Fire Stick because it's Amazon, and I'm okay with a lot of Amazon stuff, but I don't think the TV thing's very good. It, the is a lowest common denominator in the room I'm sitting in at the moment, where the remote—not the latest generation remote, but the previous bar of glass remote that would just vanish down the thing stopped working entirely so if i demote my apple tv 4k i get a good remote i can move this one and i can just shove it all down a little bit and get the new hotness for the apple tv so i'm vaguely tempted to buy the apple tv so i'm pondering that at the moment
0: fair enough and i did something i'm not sure my kids would know what to do if there wasn't a tv without an apple tv on it because all all three tvs have got an apple tv box on them and it's fantastic do you know what i bought what did you buy Nothing expensive, don't worry. I bought a braided USB-C to USB-C cable because they finally announced one. And I love them because they're really good because that's my go-to, my carry bag. So I've got it for my Lightning. I got one for my Apple Watch when I bought a new Apple Watch. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get one for my iPad because I just think they're really good cables. They don't fray. And so I I just have it in my travel bag. So in my bag, I've got two little 20-watt Apple adapters with the pop-out three-pin plugs that we have in the UK. MagSafe charger, a Lightning charger, cable and a USB-C to USB C and I just take that everywhere with me and I know that I can charge all my devices quite happily, either off my iPad or I can charge my iPad and, and you know, from staying over or, or, or traveling on a train, I've got everything I need.
1: Fair enough. So I'm traveling this week. I will be taking a variety of dongles, laptops, iPads and phones with me. It's the first time I've done it for for business since COVID, really out of the country. So I have a bit of a, a learning curve there to see if I've got all the things that I need. We're taking all sorts of stuff. We're taking a projector with us and all manner of things to this conference because we've got a stand. So I will report back on how all these things go really and we'll see how we get on.
0: Yeah, it'd be good because I I haven't travelled much lately and it's been interesting going away with the family last week. And then obviously I'm going in and out of London a little bit more than I have been. It's just interesting to see what's changed.
1: Yeah, we'll be good to go. And I'm curious for, because this is a vast conference. The last one I went to, I think I mentioned before, there is over 10,000 delegates at this conference from all over the world. So that's a lot of people in a small space potentially. So I'll be curious how that goes in terms of masking and technology and you know how the overall feel of the conference changes. So there's a there's a few things to find out from this. That is a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Yeah. Brilliant. I think we can call that a show, Chris. Yeah, it's fantastic. Good to catch up,
0: Rod. And if anybody wants to get in contact, do drop us an email at wakefromsleep at or reach out on Twitter at WFS underscore podcast. Love to hear from anybody out there. Anything you want us to raise on the show or we'll discuss, happy to do so. And until next week, Rod, I'll see you then. See you then.
1: Cheers, Chris.